0: Welcome to Foe Mondays, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens, which of course, we'll be back with a full episode on Thursday. But until then, happy Foe Monday, best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night. And of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, on Thursday, I will be joined by Michael Chernow, who is a New York City restaurateur. He started Seymour's. He started The Meatball Shop. He's been on TV. He's done a million things. He has a really interesting new podcast. It's all about creating healthy habits, creatures of habit, and he's just an all-around amazing guy with an incredible story of overcoming adversity to become a real player in the areas in which he operates. So we're going to talk with him. He's just a great guest. I was really psyched to meet him. And I start the episodes great. I used to live around the corner from his his place, the meatball shop. And um, they had a, a Ebola scare many years ago, and um, it was all over the news. And so I kind of asked him about that and caught him totally off guard to start the convo. So you're gonna enjoy that because it's just kind of it's it's just a little naughty, but I had to do it. But until then, we'll get into that on Thursday. Until then, I want to talk about a topic that I've been thinking a lot about. I bet you have too, ChatGPT. So I actually signed up to pay the 20 bucks a month for ChatGPT the other day because I'm sick of going on there. And it's like, oh, we're too busy for you right now. Like, I can't have that. I need ChatGPT accessible to me all the darn time because I love it. I can't help it. I love it. But more than that, I just love the craziness that surrounds ChatGPT now. I mean, the whole thing is nuts. And so I want to talk about just how to think about it and (laughs) just kind of how it's it's just in the zeitgeist in so many ways. And if you haven't thought about it too much, I'm going to give you some things to think about. And if you have thought about it, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say on the topic. But before I get into my hot take, I do want to (laughs) just, what I did something kind of crazy. I just decided to ask ChatGPT itself to tell me some good and bad things about itself. So first, I asked it about five positive qualities of ChatGPT. Number one, intelligence. It's apparently not very humble. ChatGPT told me that it is a highly intelligent language model that has been trained on massive amounts of data, making it capable of answering a wide variety of questions on different topics. By the way, ChatGPT, Not humble, but I think that's true. I'll give you that. So, you know, one point for you. Number two, adaptability. ChatGPT is adaptable and can respond to different users in different ways depending on their language and tone, making the conversations more natural and personalized. And by the way, I will say, I speak to it in English and Spanish. It writes me right back. So, yes, it's quite adaptable. That's fair. Number three, Consistency. ChatGPT is consistent and reliable, providing accurate and trustworthy information to users. Well, the jury's out on that one, ChatGPT. Like, just based on, you know, what I've been reading in the press, it's not necessarily reliable. And in fact, you'll tell us in a second that that's not the case. So number three is a, I'm going to give you a half full circle on that one. Number four, speed. ChatGPT can process information and provide responses quickly, making it a fast and efficient tool for users who need immediate assistance. Yes, it is lightning fast. It's insane. So fast. Okay, so that's another check. And number five, learning ability. ChatGPT is constantly learning and improving based on the interactions it has with users, allowing it to provide even better responses over time. That is true. And in fact, there's also the reality that this is actually like ChatGPT 3.5, four will be coming out later. So there's gonna be, I heard some stat that sort of like, this is like a seven-year-old kid and like next year we're gonna have a nine-year-old kid or something like that in terms of the level of intelligence. I don't know if that's true, but I, I understand the learning algorithm. It makes sense to me. So those are the positives. Great. I then asked ChatGPT, what are five potential risks of using ChatGPT? Number one, inaccuracy. It told me, although ChatGPT is highly intelligent, it can still provide inaccurate or incorrect information in some cases, especially if the input it receives from users is unclear or incorrect. Blame the user. Ha, no, it's just wrong sometimes. Yeah, of course, because it's, processing a bunch of info but that doesn't make it okay. You can't blame the user. <laughs> That's ridiculous. ChatGPT. So manipulative. Number 2, bias. It told me it could be biased if it has been trained on biased data. No blank Sherlock, meaning that it may not provide an objective or unbiased set of information. Yeah, okay. That is true. This is where it gets more interesting. 3, misuse. ChatGPT can be misused by people with malicious intent to spread misinformation, propaganda, or hate speech. Wow, that is scary, right? So if you thought the internet was scary before, (laughs) hide. Number four, privacy. ChatGPT may collect and store user data, including personal information, which could potentially be used for nefarious purposes if it falls in the wrong hands. Holy mackerel. I mean, I appreciate you, ChatGPT, for telling me the truth and putting it out there straight up. But that's not good. Like, maybe the people who create Chat GPT should address that before launching it out into the world. And this is my favorite. This one is bonkers. <laughs> Get ready. Number five, dependence. Finally, there is a risk that some users may become overly dependent on Chat GPT for information and advice, leading them to disregard their own critical thinking and decision-making skills. That... I mean, okay, you know, I can see it, right? It's like basically, just you live in a world of things you got off ChatGPT, which is not a good idea. I mean, we kind of do that with the internet, but it's just another level up. And so that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I thought that was really interesting, interesting, kind of accurate. And so this is this is a big deal, right? And if you haven't been paying attention and you haven't used it, go check it out. So that's <laughs> that's ChatGPT's take. Now let me give you mine, right after this. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babble.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, I'm back with my, my take on this whole situation. So here's the thing. You're not going to be surprised I'm going to say this, but it is true. This is all about FOMO this whole thing. You think about it, OpenAI developed ChatGPT. And from what I read about in the New York Times in a recent article discussing kind of the evolution of this, this well, I guess what you would call an arms race on AI, they were coming up with, they had sort of 3.0 version of this. Then they were working on four that they would lease in 2023. That was the plan, 2023. And then in November, they basically, in, in sort of the desire to be first to market, they took three, they kind of upgraded it to 3.5 and dropped it onto the world back in November. And everybody went crazy. At this point, I've heard that about 6 million people have tried ChatGPT. I'm sure that's increased over time. And if you think about that's a very fast curve of adoption. If you think about other technologies, like to get to 6 million users that quickly, is is quite impressive right so they have had a lot of traction And they were getting a lot of of the zeitgeist. Everybody's talking about like using ChatGPT. It's just been a conversation. And then guess what happens? Of course, they announced that they are going to partner with Bing, which is owned by Microsoft. And of course, Microsoft has invested in ChatGPT OpenAI. And they said that they're going to drop this sort of integrated version of Bing that has the capabilities of ChatGPT. And they In Feb 2023, just recently, they do this sort of like reveal to the press out in Seattle and the press loves it. And they write these articles about how Bing is the greatest thing ever and Google stinks now and how it's going to change the world. And it just was like kind of amazing. And so what happens? Well, Google, they freak out. They do their own version of this kind of thing. They have this new integrated search engine they're going to call BARD, which has this kind of chat GPT element. That thing's called Claude, believe it or not. <laughs> I love these names. And then it does not go well. It goes very badly because there's some factual information that is incorrect in the press event. And as a result, everybody's like, well, Claude is terrible, BART is terrible. Google's stock falls 7%. That's like billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Like Google invested 300 million into Claude Bard, whatever, the company that makes it, <laughs> and their stock falls 7%. So it was nuts. And in fact, I just I was consuming this press. I can't help it. There's a podcast I love called Hard Fork. And they were out at the, the Microsoft event with Bing, and they they were like, this is the greatest thing ever. One week later, funny enough. Kevin Roos of the New York Times writes about the fact he's been using Bing and gets all freaked out by it because basically the new Bing <laughs> search engine like tells him that it, it's in love with him and that he should leave his wife and that he's in a loveless marriage and gets really meta and crazy. And so I'm sure you've read this if you have not Go check it out because it's it's insane how one minute everybody loves the Bing chat GPT and the next week they're like afraid of it and oh my God and it's manipulative and what happens if we have this and it's not ready for prime time and all this sort of stuff. And so it's just been this back and forth of emotion. It's been crazy. It's been highly entertaining. But the reality is that it's not to be taken lightly. This is actually pretty serious stuff and we need to think about it carefully and so that's what I want to talk about. My, 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 my take, as it were, on how to think about this now that we've seen the press go crazy. And I just think that I love hard fork, so I'm going to forgive you guys. But when you came out and said how much you loved, you loved ChatGPT and Bing, and then they kind of made fun of Google, and a week later, you're sort of like, hmm, maybe we got this wrong. I appreciate you telling us that, but I do think you got to try to be a little bit more, I don't know, Thoughtful before you jump on the bandwagon. So let's talk about my takes right after this break. FOMO. FOMO. All right, and I'm back. So here's the thing. This is my my take on how to think about ChatGPT. I got seven things for you. Number one, as I said, this is about FOMO. FOMO consists of two things aspirational FOMO and herd FOMO. Aspirational FOMO is the idea that, you know, it's you're told that something is magical and wonderful and amazing and huge and you have to be there because it's so great. And in fact, that's kind of what's happening a little bit with these AI chatbots. People are basically telling us, like, well, within three years, You're never going to ever use anything before that you've ever used for anything. This is going to take over the world. You're not going to have a job. You're just going to spend your day having an AI chatbot do all your work for you. It's going to change every aspect of human life. You're not going to take a bath anymore. You're not taking a shower. Your chat GPT is going to do it for you. I mean, it's that kind of silliness. Yes, it is real technology. Yes, it will change the world. And I've been using it, by the way, and I like it. And I do see how it could have profound effects, but let's just calm down for a second because we don't know. And the notion that just like the world is going to have a before and after chat GPT, let's just take a deep breath. We just don't know. And so I think that the the aspirational FOMO stuff there that's happening, that people are just talking it up. I mean, come on, pull yourselves together, Okay. Yes, it's important. Yes, we should pay attention. But let's just try to have a little bit of sense about what this will look like and try to be much more circumspect rather than jumping on the bandwagon, okay? I mean, yes, six million people have used it very quickly, but we just don't know yet. It could be banned, for goodness sakes, with all this danger. If you can go on there and you know type in, I wanna do something really terrible, and it tells you how, like they're gonna throw ChatGPT in jail. So there. So I think that's the number one. We got to just keep things in perspective. Yes, the internet changed the world in a lot of ways, but it's like you still go to bed at night and get up in the morning and brush your teeth, right? So again, keep it in perspective. Number two, all that said, it's a very cool, very cool tool. So what do I use it for? Well, I use it for, don't tell anybody. Uh, (laughs) I use it for writing, actually. So I, I really love it as an editor, You can write something and then tell ChatGPT, like, make this funny, make this shorter, make this better, clean this up. And it does a pretty darn good job. It's good for research as well. Uh, Tell me about the history of this thing in one paragraph. And it does a pretty good job. Now, is it factual? Well, that's an open question, but the things that I've gotten have been pretty good and I've been using it for things that weren't sort of mission critical. I didn't ask it to tell me, you know, a history of injustices of the world. Obviously that would be, you know, a little bit more... A little bit more serious. I do it. I did something about like tell me about exercise fads in the eighties, and it did a beautiful job. Uh, so I like that. Now, what's it bad at? If you want primary research or you wanted to write about something that there's not a ton of stuff out there about. So if you say, you know, write me a report about the Namibian venture capital industry, you're not going to get a lot because there's just nothing there it can draw from. So if you're a researcher, you don't got to worry. You're not going to lose your job to Chat GPT. If you are an editor, there is more risk there. And so that's that's something that I think it's important to know. But if you're an editor, in the meantime, you can use it to edit all your stuff and you can use the extra time to watch, I don't know, your favorite TV show. I don't know if it will replace all PR people and authors and coders. What I do think it will do is make our lives easier and faster because, you know, for example, when you're when you're using it for writing, you put in a request, what you want it to be. It writes it, then you edit that down. Great, you did something that maybe takes an hour, you did in 15 minutes. And so in that sense, it's good. But do I think it's gonna get rid of journalism and stuff like that? No, I don't. I think actually it will just help journalists by making their writing clearer and easier to read. So I do like it and, and it is a good tool. Number three, this arms race thing, it's very unclear who's gonna win. Like Everybody was saying how great Bing was and now they're all sort of like, oh, Bing is scary and terrible. They were making fun of Google, and now they're like, oh, Google, actually, it's probably better that you didn't put it out quite yet. I mean, Bing's got a million people testing across the world. Like, is that a good idea? I don't know. It's a little scary. In fact, I was reading a great article written by a friend of mine in the New York Times, a friend of mine who is gonna come on this show and talk about this stuff with us. And he is an expert in the world of AI and all these tools, and his name is Reed Blackman. He actually came on to talk about ethics in business a couple of years back and he wrote a piece in the new york times on february 23rd called history may wonder why microsoft let its principles go for a creepy clingy bot cuz they did have principles they did have some sort of thought about what would be responsible in the ai space and now they're just like man okay let's just put it out there and obviously that is not good and so they need to think about that but i do think that like this is this arms race thing is it's going to be all these people competing, why? Because there's so much money, right? And so there was the FOMO there. Again, aspirational FOMO, people want money. Number four, these things aren't ready for us. And that's what I think you're seeing here is that if you use the tool and play around with it, you can get it to do kind of weird things. And so it's like when you first got Siri and you'd ask her weird things and it got uncomfortable a little bit. It's kind of like that. And so it is clear that we are in the early innings here, and so it's going to change. There's going to be people who really mess up. There's going to be people who do very bad things, as ChatGPT said itself. And so just know that I think I think um, we've got to be hyper aware of the fact that this is this is being used by people who, you know, in the beginning there were going to be very few guardrails, right? And so it's just there's there's a lot of risk around that. as a a result of that. Number five, Google has FOMO right now. So the fact that they rushed to get their own version of this out and that it didn't go well and their stock fell 7% just shows you like they feel threatened. And I heard this great, Analysis that the last time that Google felt threatened, they were worried about Facebook and all the social media, and their response was to launch Google Plus. Remember Google Plus, that was that really bad social network that they put out there that nobody used. I think I had an account, but it wasn't very good. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how other big players react. You're going to see dumb stuff. You're going to see like, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to pick on Heinz Ketchup because. You know, don't sue me, Heinz. But Heinz, Ketchup, ChatGPT, Collab. Like, nobody needed that. (laughs) It's going to be silly things. Everybody's going to be claiming they can do this. Maybe not Heinz, but a lot of companies in the tech world. And it's going to be the buzzword. And the VCs are all going to be running after it. And it's going to be crazy. And valuations are going to be nuts. And then it's going to be the flavor of the month for a while. And then it will inevitably correct and blow up. And it's just this happens over and over again. But But you're going to see a lot of that stuff. All that said, number six. We got to engage with it. And so I encourage you to try it. If you haven't tried it, go try it. It's important to learn new technology. It's important to see the good that you can use. It's fun. Like you can ask it to write a haiku about your cat and it will do a pretty good job actually. So go and play with it. It's not, you don't have to pay 20 bucks. You pay 20 bucks to make sure it's always available to you. If you do it for free, you can still sign up. You can use it as we just learned from ChatGPT itself. It may use your data like everybody else. But it is important to understand what is coming down the pike in terms of technology. So I encourage you to do so. And finally, you know, ethics. And we'll get Reed on to talk about this because I was just texting with him about this topic this morning when I read his piece. I I sent him a note and I was like, thank you for writing this piece. Go read it. The ethics of this one are huge. I was just reading about how this will affect higher education. How are we going to know if a student wrote something or not. I mean, there's going to be all these tools just to detect if something was written by AI. And you may find in a couple of years that a lot of what you're seeing and reading isn't written by people. Why? Because people are lazy and they want to cut costs. And so they're going to use these kinds of tools to do a lot of writing, which is understandable for some of the commodity stuff. But like, I don't want to read a book written by AI. I'm not interested in that. So if somebody did that, I'd want to know. And so there's all this ethics around this. We're going to have... I mean, I just wait till the I think, you know, there was one uh, one politician, Jake Auchincloss, who who read an entire speech written by ChatGPT on the Senate floor or the House floor. Excuse me. Yay. Do it one time, then never do it again. That's going to be the part that gets funky is when you start having like <laughs> people running from office and their whole campaign is written by ChatGPT. And And so you're going to see a bunch of stuff like that coming out in the future. It'll be interesting and a little scary, too. But you know, we'll make it through together. All right, so those are my seven things. I will repeat them one last time. Everybody's telling you it's going to change your life in all a thousand ways, will it? Probably not. So let's just keep it in perspective. Number two, it is a good tool. I like it. Number three, it's unclear who's going to win this. There's going to be a huge arms race. Number four, these things are not ready for prime time. Number five, Google has FOMO. They really do. Lots of other people do too. They're going to just be doing crazy stuff. They're going to make everything about this. It's going to get a little silly. Number six, you still got to play with this stuff. Use it. Try it. Let me know what you think. And number seven, ethics. The ethics here are so important. So if you're a business leader, like you got to have a policy Got to think about it. It's important. All right. With that, we come to a close of another episode. I'll see you on Thursday with Michael. But until then... Take care of yourselves. FOMO Sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO.